The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's In This League with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. On the radio. 30. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in line. Sharknado doesn't count as a bust movie, right? That doesn't count. No, it didn't like, cost anything, did it? Yeah, and they That's know what That's why it's doing. got all the crappy graphics and everything, right? Yeah. Somebody said we're missing the boat on... Um, yeah, it's a boom movie, as Pavona uh, said. I like that. No, it's boom, boom or bust. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like a movie that embraces what they are. I like anything. It's crappy. As a matter of fact. Yeah, whatever. If, uh, whatever type of bust we're talking about, whether it's fantasy or movies or women or whatever, just embrace what you are and accept it. It's, it's a good thing. <laughs> I'm all for it. cut t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I was told that we were missing the boat on 13th Warrior. 13th Warrior? What the hell is that? It's so bad, I've never no even heard No idea. It. It probably Man, a I watch a lot of movies. Being a, a fat guy that lives alone, I get a lot of movie watching in, and I have not heard of that. Uh, the biggest one, I think, actually, the world record of uh, bust movies is actually John Carter. <laughs> you know that horrible one that um, the Taylor Kitsch, 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 whatever the guy's name is? Guy that I remember Gambit. that. Like, I remember the title, but I don't remember uh, the movie. Uh, Nick Jones says the biggest bust was the XFL. <laughs> that's good it's pretty good and we still talk about it though we still talk about it though yeah so they did the 30 for 30 everybody's all you know excited i didn't about see it. that i want to see that it's pretty good it's pretty good they were talking about how uh, you know a couple of the cameras like the sky cam and everything uh kind of came from the xfl and they had those crazy idiot cameramen on the field during the plays that was pretty funny you know what I think it's going to be? XFL, maybe uh, they set the stage for some of this. That uh, Did you hear about college football? That they're, like, I, I think I heard it somewhere that like a couple schools are going to be selling potential sponsorships on jerseys, like on the back of jerseys, like I think where the name is or something. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I mean, that's a good idea uh, yeah. to, yeah, to yeah, make money, make... but... It's the it's the it should be going yeah, to the kids, like, and it never will. I was about to say, it's so. like the, it's the China effect. Let's make sure that we... Uh, you know, we work these kids and we take all the money and don't give them anything. That's <laughs> not about right. That's not about right. Shouldn't pay them. How yeah, the yeah. Got... I... Say again. I uh, was so how about the kid that got uh that uh, got booted? Was it UCF punter that got booted out for his YouTube? Yeah, channel? because of his YouTube channel, he would he wouldn't unmonetize it. So I, I think on? he was a kicker, so it didn't matter. But uh, yeah, yeah I mean, hey, make that money, man. What, what the hell is going on? In sports, by the way, we only have a minute. We don't have enough time to talk about this. Maybe we'll talk about this in a <laughs> in a couple minutes when we have a break here. But like the Colin Kaepernick stuff too. Like, what is going on in this wacko world of football? Of like, Colin Kaepernick can't get a job because of like, no, I mean, especially in Baltimore. Let's not cast stones here because of you know his political <laughs> beliefs. And then you've got kickers who can't have a YouTube channel, so the NCAA takes away their scholarship. It's crazy. People and are asking we ha- Ray Lewis for advice. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And we have to live in a good. world. 
We have to live in a world where Battlefield Earth was a movie that was made. That's the world that we live in, and these guys can't make money or get jobs. That's a problem. That's a big problem. I'm telling you. All right. Uh, we got more coming up in this hour as Benny Ricciardi is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about the uh, MLB trade deadline, talk about some more fantasy football, some bus, give you your feed. We're going to take your questions um, a little bit later, maybe in the, uh, the second half of this hour. Hashtag ITL Live if you want to hit us up. Maybe even take a little call or something. I don't know. It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot. Because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com, where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with the Deluxe Draft Package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. Welcome in this league. I love you. Ready to party! Not hearing any uh, Battlefield Earth or Green Lantern clips coming back at in this league. <laughs> like the cult classics, Idiocracy, <laughs> Little Bridesmaids. I love Bridesmaids. That's Welcome great to movies. Costco. I love you. I love you. I love you. I all I want to do right now. Can we do this? I, I'm going to need to email Mike Cardona right now and see what would happen if we just played Idiocracy over the air and then we just like Mystery Science Theater <laughs> three thousand over it. That's all I want to do with the whole uh, segment. But we have important things to do. As uh, Benny Ricciardi is on with us, you can hear him on On Target over at Guru Elite. You can find him on Twitter at Benny R eleven. Benny, what is going on, my friend? Hey, not too much, guys. I uh, came home, got something to eat after my show, and put the kids to bed, and I get the chance to talk to you guys for a little while. Yeah. Okay, so I got two yeah. questions. We put up two, two polls here. We're going to start off talking about some baseball, and we're going to go to some football because you're nice enough to join us for two segments. But two very, very important polls. Let's start with the, uh, the actual one here, the one that has uh, important information here. Biggest all-time fantasy bust. I gave four options. I'm dying to know. Uh, what your pick is here, and if you got another one, you can uh, you can do a write-in. Biggest bust of all time: Larry Johnson in 07, Todd Gurley in 2016, Trent Richardson in 2013, or Monty Ball in 2014. Who's your all-time biggest fantasy bust? Or Steve Slayton when he played? It's <laughs> Steve Slayton. Yeah. Steve Slayton. I remember that name. Um, ah, God, I remember the the Richardson one because that one hurt. Gurley last year was pretty big, though. I mean, people were taking Gurley, you know, fourth, fifth One. pick. I mean, he went ahead of Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, he went ahead of Le'Veon Bell in some drafts, too. And that's a pretty big one. That's I, I don't want to take the, you know, the one that just happened. I feel like that's kind of a cop-out. But the meltdown last year for that uh, Todd Gurley pick is pretty big. And okay. it's also a reason why I like him a lot this year. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with you. Okay, so you and Corey, you and Corey Parson, you both went with Todd Gurley. The winner, who is running away with 50% of the vote currently, make sure everyone goes and votes, FNTSY Radio, that's where it is, and we retweeted it, is Trent Richardson from 2013 has 50% of the vote. 
Uh, Todd Gurley is at now in third place. My guy, the one I voted for, Monty Ball in 2014. What a joke when he was, uh, some sites were putting him as the number one overall player. He's got 22%, and it's probably just too far back for a lot of people. Uh, 2007, 9% going to Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson fell off pretty, him, Rudy Johnson and Larry Johnson, those two fell off pretty hard <laughs> in, the, uh, you know, in the 2000 range, if you remember that, Benny. The Welsh hates Johnsons. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, uh, you know what? That's not a bad thing overall. But yeah, I do remember that Larry Johnson one. He uh, he had a big season, and then you know, a lot of guys. It happens a lot. I mean, this time of year, especially, we start thinking about all this stuff because you got all these people talking about how this guy's a can't miss or that guy's a can't miss. Every year at the end, it, it looks a lot different than it does at the beginning. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll save the last one for maybe the end of this segment going into the break. And uh, if you need it, we can give you time to think about it. So we'll do that. But let's talk a little bit about MLB trade deadline. You're very versatile in being able to cover uh, multiple areas. It's, I mean, it's a little bit past us right now. We had, uh, we had your boy and our boy, Pisa Pia, on our baseball podcast. We, we waited a day so we could do a trade reaction one. And we talked about a lot of the different moves. And we, we asked this specific question, and I'm curious where you sit on this. What kind of upgrade fantasy-wise in your eyes is Darvish to the Dodgers and Gray to the Yankees? And what I mean by that is, did they move up spots? If, if uh, Darvish was SP10 to you, did he move up to SP6? You know, Gray, was he SP20 and he moved up to SP15? What type of, of movement in the fantasy world did these guys take with their new homes? Yeah, let's start with the Darvish one, because I think that's the bigger one here. First off, you're getting out of the American League going to the National League, so that alone is a big thing, because now you get to face the pitcher. And again, he gets pitch hit for later on in the game, but usually at least twice during a game you're going to face the pitcher. So that should be two easy strikeouts or, you know, two easy outs. Although, I mean, the way pitchers have been hitting lately, maybe not anymore. Um, and then the other thing, too, is, you know, you're going from a park like Texas, which – in the heat right now, balls tend to fly out of there. You tend to give up more home runs. You're going to a place in Dodger Stadium that's a lot more pitcher-friendly, so it's definitely going to be a big upgrade for him as well. And one of the things with Darvish is, you know, he's a guy who doesn't give up when he's on. He doesn't give up a lot of base runners, but he can be tagged for home runs because he does challenge guys. He doesn't want to walk them. You know, if he gets behind in the count, he'll throw you a strike and, and say, go ahead and hit it if you can. When you're at Dodger Stadium, a lot of times those could turn into long fly balls where when you're you know, playing in Texas, that might have been a home run right there. So I do think that's a big upgrade for, for him. I also think the offense playing behind him is a big upgrade. So, you know, Texas is starting to come around a little bit and score some runs, but the Dodgers have been one of the top offenses all season long against both righties and lefties. So no matter who they're facing, he should get more run support as well. I think that this is a big upgrade for Darvish here. I think this is a very, very good move. I think the Dodgers, you know, did what they needed to do in this situation, and this really makes them a contender. Let me let me ask you this one then, before you, if if we want to cover any more on Gray though, we asked this exact question. I'm dying to know where you where you're going with it. I bet Bogman, this is on the tip of your tongue. We asked Joe, you Darvish or Madison Bumgarner rest of season. What do you think? <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Darvish right now, and I think most of the reason why is because I'm always gonna take a guy who's not coming off an injury. Because anybody who's coming off an injury, you know, they may they may take a little longer to get back into it. You know, they may be overcompensating for that injury by doing something else, which tends to cause other injuries. We've seen that happen quite a few times before. I mean, Bumgarner is one of my favorites, and, and I'm a huge Bumgarner guy. Before the season, I had Bumgarner ranked higher than Darvish, as did most people. 
right now, though, for the rest of the year, I really like the spot that Darvish landed in. I think I'm probably going to lean that way, but it's close. Oh, what about Gray? Because I think we talked Darvish. You said there's a big movement, and I think uh, – cause you, and by the way, uh, that's what Joe said. Joe agreed with you, so you guys both take Darvish on targets on there. What about in the, the Gray front? What type of movement did he take uh, moving to New York? Well, I mean, obviously Yankee Stadium is not as good a, a pitcher's park as Oakland is, especially for a righty because, you know, those lefties and the short porch and everything else along those lines. So, you know, that's a little bit of a downgrade. The offense is obviously better, so that's going to be an upgrade. He'll get more run support there. I also think you're going to face some tougher offenses in the AL East than you face in the AL West. Now, again, you pitch against everybody, that's true, but, you're, you know, you're going to be playing the AL East a lot more. Baltimore's got a lot of guys that can mash. You know, the Red Sox are starting to come around a little bit. As much as I hate Toronto, they're playing a little bit better right now. And, you know, the Rays are still, even though they're struggling a little bit right now, they're still one of the top teams against right-handed pitching in the league. So when he faces them, it's not going to be an easy matchup either. So I think in that respect, if you're looking at it that way, I think Sonny Gray probably ended up in a little bit of a tougher spot leaving Oakland over there. Um, but at the same point in time, he's been very, very good lately. You know, the Sonny Gray from last year was the one that everybody was scared of. That hasn't been the guy we've seen. The guy that we've been seeing over his last six or seven starts has been a guy from two or three years ago. You know, the guy who people were considering an ace, a top-of-the-rotation kind of guy. And the good thing about him being with the Yankees is they're not going to ask him to be a number one. You know, he's not going to be the guy who has to carry the staff. He's not going to be the guy who has to stop any bad streaks that they go on. You know, Sonny Gray is going to be has to be a number two starter. Take the ball, go out there, you know, give up three runs or less over six innings and give your team a chance to win. Yeah, just get it to the bullpen, right? That That's kind of what the thing is with Sonny Gray and why it's just it's a little bit of an upgrade. I'm with you, Benny. I was talking about the, uh, the ballpark effect. What about, you know, we see the prospects and Ahmed Rosario and Ozzy Albies both come up and shortstop has been very thin this year. Rest of the season, if you're on the wire, you have to choose between Rosario or Albies. Who do you want to own? Yeah, it, for me, it's going to be Rosario. He's the guy whose minor league numbers project him to eventually be more of a, to, a top of the order kind of hitter. You know, Albies is not a bad hitter overall. Joe actually made a really good comparison on the you know, on the on-target show the other day. And he said, he, you think of him along the lines of like a, a Dansby Swanson. Like, that's the kind of prospect level that he is. That's the kind of numbers that he had in the minor league. And I got to be honest, I think this is a, a situation where both guys should probably get picked up and should probably be owned. Shortstop has been abysmal this year. And, it's, you oh, know, yeah. one of the problems that a lot of teams have had, and, I mean, you look at it right now, too. I mean, you got Correa on the, you know, on the men. There are definitely guys in your league who are starting worse shortstops than I think, you know, Rosario at the very least will be for the rest of the season. So if these guys are out there, you know, you should definitely be putting some fab budget on it. And if you're one of those people starting one of those bad shortstops, you know, at this point of the season, you should be looking to put a lot of your fab on. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, Rosario's a guy I've been telling people for a long time to stash. Albies, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of. But he's a top-of-the-order type of hitter, though he'll probably hit low in the order. He can steal bases, and it uh, looks like they're going to play him second. You know, He's not going down anytime soon with the Braves, so he's going to probably get multi-position uh, eligibility. So uh, we're going to go to break here in just a second. We've got more. We're going to talk some fantasy football on the other side. So you fantasy football guys that were like, Jesus Christ, what are you guys doing with the baseball? Well, we got you. Don't worry. Chill out. <laughs> chill out. We got you back. I'm going to leave this as we're going to break, Benny, and I want you to think about this during the break. Because, uh, you know, sometimes we're not all fantasy sports. we got to get into the other world, especially if we're talking about bus. 
I asked the biggest bust movie of all time, and we even have a poll out on FNTSY if you want to vote on it. We'll come back and we'll find out. Four options. Westworld, 47 Ronin, Green Lantern, and Battlefield Earth. It's ridiculous. The Waterworld, not good. Westworld. Oh, I said well, Waterworld. Yeah, no, Westworld. Well, I mean, Westworld, <laughs> the show is amazing. Yeah, Waterworld. All right. Uh, think about that on the other side of the break. Everyone's correcting me. Waterworld. I know, I know, I know. Uh, we'll get the answers. we got fantasy football. It's Finney Ricciardi in this league. Don't go anywhere. RotoExpert.com Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package Brand new for 2017, RotoExperts.com presents the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Roll with me through the 2017 season as I get you ready to draft and dominate all season long. It's only going to cost you 20 bucks to win your fantasy league this year. Hell, you spend 10 times that on a Friday night and leave empty-handed. The Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package features articles, videos, and rankings that will help you be the man in your home, office, or high-stakes leagues. Plus, you get private access to the Fantasy Executive Snapchat, where you can interact with me directly. Head on over to rotoexperts.com and sign up for the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Chill with me all season long and win big in 2017 with the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package, powered by rotoexperts.com. What's up? In this league, Bogman of the Welsh, Benny with Charlie in the house. Talk fantasy baseball. Talked a whole lot of fantasy football in the show. If you need more fantasy football, search the ITL Fantasy Football Podcast on iTunes, and uh, you will be pleasantly surprised by Bogman and I's madness. You can get ranks. We like to analyze shows. We, we do it a little bit different than a lot of people, so you want to hear a different take on fantasy while also, uh, I guarantee you're going to probably laugh at once, even if it's at one of us. Uh, go check that out, plus our mock draft episode. <laughs> Especially. Especially, yeah. Especially, especially if it's out one of us. I tell you about laughing and what's a bust is Kyle Schwarber in the outfield. He's out there making it look difficult right it's now. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> but you can go check that out. We are joined by Benny Ricciardi, Benny Ricciardi from uh, On Target right here on FNTSY. You can follow him on Twitter at BennyR11. I, uh, I posed a question that was not a fantasy football or baseball related one, but it's very important to cover here. We've got a poll out, so if you guys want to uh, vote on it, we'd love for you to. Biggest movie bust of all time. Waterworld, not Westworld. Waterworld, 47 Ronin, <laughs> Green Lantern, or Battlefield Earth. Benny, it's time for you to weigh in. Which one of these is the biggest bust of all time to you? There are also some numbers attached to it. These, all these movies lost a lot of money. If it's one of yep. these, and if you got another one, throw it out. Yeah, I'm going to go with Waterworld, because I don't know how much the other ones lost, but I remember at the time that that was like the biggest disaster in movie-making history. Like They spent like $100 million to make that movie, and it did horrendously. Nobody wanted to see it at all, and they, they had like no sales at the box office. So I'm going to go see, with that one. Now, see, they started it. They, they were the beginning of like, oh, my God, studios give $100 million and they don't get it. Their cost, they put $170 million into the movie, and they uh, only made 80 So they lost $90 million. 47 Ronin on our list was the biggest loser. Uh, $225 million was the budget. They lost $150 million on that stupid None of movie that was Keanu in marketing, Reeves. because I don't remember that at all. I know. None well, of that it, money was go- gone, yeah, is gone to marketing. Me neither. But if you yeah, take marketing into it, John Carter, the Disney movie about the comic or whatever with Kitschnitch, whatever, the guy who played Gambit and Wolverine, that is the one that I read 
between dude between what it cost and the marketing they had to make 650 million dollars to like be successful uh it's fair to say that they lost their ass they lost their ass oh god all right, so if people want to go vote, they should make sure and uh, go check it out. We'll uh, give the results a little bit later. All right, uh, we've got some fantasy football talk here. I'm going to just throw this out real quick. This is a question I had. I was going to skip by it, but uh, I know you've been covering this a whole bunch this week. FNTSY has been doing the, uh, the bus week, and I know you probably cover this. Just who, who is your biggest bust? Who is your biggest bust that, you, that you've just honed in on and you're just telling people, just don't go here. And I actually want to throw a little curveball. I'd be curious at your fantasy baseball bust as well. Yeah, so which one do you want me to take first, baseball uh, or football? Let's do baseball. Then we have a, an easy – I should have transitioned it better. Then we'll have an easy transition into football. Fantasy baseball, biggest bust from this season, and then we're looking into the future for your fantasy football bust. Yeah, to me the biggest bust this season is uh, Jonathan Villar. And yeah, I'll tell you why, call. because, you know, he was basically the second shortstop off the board, a guy that was going in the top 15 to 20 picks in most of the drafts that I was in. And I said to people, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, where he was going off the board, I just was not interested in him at all. Now, some people might say, oh, well, Trey Turner went higher than him. You know, Trey Turner, when he was not injured, was putting up some pretty good numbers for a short period of time there. Jonathan Valora has been benched for Eric Sogard. I mean, that's how bad it's been for him this season. He went from being a guy who was a top 15 to 20 pick to a guy who's not even in the top 10 or 11 of the guys that his manager wants to play on a daily basis. So, you know, we're not even talking about a guy who got dropped from the leadoff spot to the eighth spot. We're talking about a guy who got dropped to a platoon player from a guy that should have been a top 15 to 20 based on where people were drafting him. So there's been a lot of guys who underperformed. Well, see, Machado, at least he's still producing something. At least he's still out there on he's the field. He's coming around. He's been bad. Yeah, and you know what? The other thing, too, is, like, he's hurt. Like, Machado's playing through an injury right now, so I could give him the benefit of the doubt. If it comes time to draft next year and Machado's, you know, slipping in draft, I'll take him in a second if he's healthy again. Jonathan Villar, if he's slipping in draft, I'm going to keep letting him slip. I'm going to throw dirt on that grave because I don't want anything to do with him <laughs> the way this season worked out. So what about football? Let's, let's do full, full transition, because I agree with you there. Uh, but we got some good questions where we'll kind of set ADPs like we did with Corey Parson. But, like, if you just had to pick one in the box here, boom, this is the bust of the 2017 football season. Who is that guy? Well, I'm going to be honest. You guys have his name up here as one of the guys we're going to talk about. But for me, it's Jordan Reed. And I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly why. I mean, we're still hearing noise that this guy may not even be ready for the start of the season right now. And, you know, if that's going to be the case, I mean, what's the problem every year? It's never about Jordan Reed on the field. Jordan Reed on the field is an absolute stud. And that's what people who are drafting him so high will tell you. Oh, when he plays, he does this. The most important word in that last sentence is when he plays. And the reason why I think he's such a big uh, such a big bust coming up for the season is if you have to invest a fourth-round pick in this guy when, you, when it's your turn to draft him, you know at some point during the season, whether it's right at the beginning with the noise that we're hearing now or at some point later on in the season, he's going to be out for a couple games because he is every single year, even more than Gronk he's been out. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, is just always on the injured reserve list. And the problem with that is you're now going to also have to take a second tight end who's pretty good to cover you during those weeks that he's not going to play. So, yeah, he has the upside when he plays that he could, you know, help you win a week. But if he's going to miss a bunch of weeks and you also have to use a second 
you know, top eight, top nine, top 10 pick on another tight end, you're leaving yourself thin at the other positions that you should be, you know, basically, you know, taking multiple guys that like running back wide receivers, stuff like that, so that you can build up your team for the inevitable injuries that happen every year during fantasy football. You're and why not just take Hunter Henry? One, and why not just wait well, till that, the ninth and, round and just take Hunter Henry? I mean, Hunter Henry, Kyle Rudolph, you know, any yeah. of these other guys that are going Zach there. Zach Jack end, Doyle, yeah. Yeah, I mean, any of them. And the thing is that you're looking at it as not only are you getting that guy in the eighth or ninth round, but you probably also got some stud in the fourth round who a running back wide receiver who's going to be a guy who starts for you every single week that he doesn't have a bye. So, you know, it's also the opportunity cost of you drafting a Jordan Reed in the fourth round. Not only are you taking him, like I said, you're going to have to take another guy in that ninth or tenth round anyway for the weeks that he's not there, and you're giving up the opportunity to go get a – you know, stud running back or stud wide receiver, that would be an every week starter for you. What about the Eagles wide receiver situation? We keep hearing that Nelson Aguilar is the talk of Eagles camp. Everybody has one of those camp MVPs, and he seems to be the guy for the Eagles this year. And for the Eagles, we've got Alshon Jeffrey at 30. Uh, Matthews is going around 105. Aguilar's at 289. Torrey Smith, for some reason, is behind all of those guys. Who's the bust out of this group? Uh, I mean, is Jordan Matthews taking that big a hit? Is it Alshon Jeffrey with his injury history? Or are you just going to say, I've seen what I've seen from Nelson Aguilar, and I'm not doing it? Who is there anybody you want out of this group? Well, here's what I'm going to say. You can't call a guy who's going pick 290 a bust. Yeah. Because at that point in time, he's a, <laughs> he's a flyer anyway. So, I mean, if he, right. if he does anything for you at pick 290 – you know, you got to be happy about it. So to me, there's only upside with guys like Torrey Smith and, and Nelson Aguilar going there. So really, we're going to be talking about Jeffrey and Matthews. That's the two guys that could be considered a bust if they don't live up to it. Now, you know, Jeffrey's going pretty high in draft, but I do think he's going to be the main guy there. You know, Matthews is a guy right now, first off, he's injured. So we don't even know if he's going to be available to start the year. And here's the other thing about him. He's a slot receiver. They tried putting him on the outside. It just didn't work. His position, his natural position, is going to be in the slot. Now, people are still looking at him like the guy who was in a Chip Kelly offense racking up the catches that one year. And I think that's the wrong way to look at this guy because that's not the offense that they're running anymore. It's not the pace of the offense that they're running anymore. And he's no longer the only person that has a pair of hands that can catch. I mean, they were putting guys like uh, Jason Huff and, you know, just grabbing wide receivers (laughs) off the street on the outside at that point in time. So they didn't have anybody else to throw to. Ertz was even banged up. So that's why Matthews was getting so many targets and so many catches and and making all those plays. Now they have a bunch of playmakers and an offense that's a slower pace that also uses the running game a little bit more. You know, I, I just think that if we're talking about somebody who can underperform, Matthews at 105 I think could be a guy who winds up giving us nothing this year. Because remember, he went a lot higher than that last year, and he didn't really give us anything last year either. Yeah, I like that. I mean, and, and I think that's a, just a really interesting one in general. I'm going to throw – let's just do some quick hitters. We only got like two minutes. Let's, maybe we can plow through some of these. You can kind of say yay or nay of concerning ADPs. And, we'll, Bob, and we'll go back and forth. Todd Gurley, ADP of 24. Is that a concern for bust, yes or no? Well, I, it's a concern for me that people are that low on, on Todd Gurley. I know he had a really bad season last year, but everything went wrong last year. To me, that was the floor. You know, I, literally everything went wrong. We're already hearing that he's starting to get more passing down work, and they're going to use him more in that role this year. 
so that's only going to help them, especially in PPR. I can't imagine that they do as bad as they did. I mean, let's think about this. How many guys are capable of doing what he did two years ago? I understand last year was, you know, a horrible situation for him, but there aren't even that many backs in the league that are capable of doing what he did two years ago. So I think people are dismissing that a, a little too much and just going ahead and, you know, again, everybody loves the shiny new toys. You got guys like Mixon going ahead of him in drafts and, you know, guys like Fournette going ahead of him. Guys like McCaffrey I've even seen go ahead of him. I don't see how you can do that. I, to me, I would rather take Todd Gurley. At the very least, you know that this guy is pretty much guaranteed to be, you know, the workhorse in that offense. They got rid of Benny Cunningham, so that's going to open up some passing down work for him. And I think his backup is Malcolm Brown right now. I mean, come on. This isn't a guy who's going to take carries from him. So, you know, for me, I have no problem. I've been taking Gurley a lot the second round, and anytime he's available to me in the third, I'm locking him up. I'm not going to be scared about it. He's a guy that I want on my team this year. There you go. Uh, Benny Ricciardi, Benny R11. He's uh, he's winning awards, taking down money with Guru. You can hear him on On Target. Benny, we appreciate you, my friend. I want to get you on more. Don't be a stranger, but we love you, my friend. We'll talk to you later. Oh, yeah, any anytime. Let me know, anytime. All right, don't go anywhere. More in this league coming up. Brand new for 2017, RotoExperts.com presents the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Roll with me through the 2017 season as I get you ready to draft and dominate all season long. It's only going to cost you 20 bucks to win your fantasy league this year. Hell, you spend 10 times that on a Friday night and leave empty-handed. The Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package features articles, videos, and rankings that will help you be the man in your home, office, or high-stakes leagues. Plus, you get private access to the Fantasy Executive Snapchat where you can interact with me directly. Head on over to rotoexperts.com and sign up for the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Chill with me all season long and win big in 2017 with the Executive Edge Fantasy Football Package powered by rotoexperts.com. Hi, I'm Cal Ramsey and you're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's in this league. Buckle up, buckaroo. All night. That's right. We're not all night, but we are two hours, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. But uh, your fix doesn't just stop there. Yes, you can get this show on demand. Thank you for asking. You can go find search in this league on iTunes. You can catch it on uh, fantasysportsnetwork.com slash radio. But you can also listen to all of our podcasts. We have... The football, the baseball, basketball's coming back. We're going to be doing that. I got a prospect show. Uh, Bogman's going to be doing more. He does got a college football show. We we pop off in this league like nobody else. I, per- perspective here. Perspective here. I have nine shows that I am doing in five days. Five days, Bogman. Nine shows. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I mean, we we've already knocked out the CFF show, but I got to edit that still. So uh, same, same season. Samesies. It's a lot of shows. So uh, if, if you enjoy the madness, you enjoy this show, and you enjoy what we bring, well, make sure to go subscribe to the ITL Fantasy Podcast on iTunes. Make sure to follow this. I mean, just 
tell your friends. Tell you, don't hide your kids. Don't hide your wife. Tell everybody I about it. All right, we've got we got some of your listener questions coming up. We potting everything around here. <laughs> That's what we do. I told everybody, you know, hit in tweets hashtag ITL Live. We're going to answer your questions. But I want to update real quick on the polls. We asked who is the all time biggest oh. fantasy bust: Larry Johnson, Todd Gurley, Trent Richardson, Monty Ball. And Trent Richardson, I think he's going to run away with it. Fifty-one percent. He has not gone under forty-nine percent. It would be the he's first the thing he ever ran away with. <laughs> More it would than be two the yards. absolute first thing. It put an offensive line in front of offensive lineman in front of him, and he won't run away with it. That's really funny. Easy for me to say. Yeah. Interestingly, though, I feel like some people are having like these horrible flashbacks, agreeing with me on the Monty Ball front. Monty Ball is number two at twenty-one percent on this list. Todd Gurley nineteen. Larry Johnson is just single digits. Just people, people forget. They don't member. They just don't member Wagner. <laughs> Too long ago, the Welsh. I guess. Uh, and then we also asked, what is the biggest movie bust of all time? Waterworld, Battlefield Earth, 47 Ronin, or Green Lantern? Are you looking at it, Boggs? I am not. Don't. Okay, don't. Well, who do you think has the lead? Okay. Battlefield Earth. It does. 46. Battlefield Earth is the Trent Richardson of movies. It's apparently. so terrible. It's, it's so bad. It but, runs uh, into its offensive linemen all the time. It does. It does. Green, I told you, Battlefield Earth is the worst movie here. There's no doubt about it. But Green, <laughs> The but only Green hole hitting in Battlefield Earth is from Chris Bavona. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best joke on this show. Bavona's dying, I know it. Uh, Waterworld, though. <laughs> I feel like people are going Waterworld just because like, like, so many articles were written about Waterworld. I feel like that's the only thing. There are some other ones that were think, put out here. Uh, Youngberg said the Postman. I liked the Postman too. Yeah, I kind of did too. I mean, I think I think I'm speak- the only guy. Like, I think people can get on board with Waterworld, but when I say I like the Postman, everybody's like, "You're insane, pal. Go away." I think. Uh, oh, Pavona has an interesting one. Biggest uh, movie series bust. The series was the X Men movies. Now you're right, except it's the first three Brian Singer ones, and then when it started over and went back to the '60s. It got really good. I mean, it got worse, but it's still. Eh, I, I mean, mean you can always throw those stupid things in the background. You know, they, they're, they're, they are what they are. Like, I don't expect a ton out of those movies. Apocalypse did suck. Uh, some other ones, real yeah, quick. B Dub, Brand X8080 said, he said Waterworld, but he also said the Transformer franchise. What's worse, X Men or the Transformer franchise? Mm. It's rough. I'm going to say. I, I didn't like. Yeah, the Transformers, I I think I'm biased because I don't like 3D movies, and I watched one of them in 3D, and it gave me, like, I think it was the only migraine I've ever had in my life. Really? But I it mean, could have been, of... been seeing Shia LaBeouf so much. Yeah, but that's a, speaking of bust, the only thing good about it was Megan Fox, so that's the only watchable part <laughs> of that. Some other ones, this is a great Damn. one. Underrated, Miles, uh, at Smith 20 says Speed Racer. I don't know if you remember that, the cartoon series that was made into a movie. Garbage. Trash. Yeah, wasn't someone super famous in it? I feel like it was... Um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, who was the kid? Was it Lindsay Lohan? It's not underrated, Pavona. He says, no, no, I'm not going to watch it again. It's not, Pavona, Chris is saying he quick. he walked out of Apocalypse. Get get on here. You, you're, you're telling me you walked out of Apocalypse, but, but uh, Speed Racer is underrated? Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, it sounds fine. so weird. <laughs> 
Hear me out. It does. You have to hear me well, out on this no one. it's no bedazzled, that's for sure. It is not. Nothing is, nothing is bedazzled, especially when you see uh, Liz Hurley uh, being a cheerleader. Come on now. Come on. Mm, yeah. The reason why I say right, so defend. Speed Racer is an underrated movie because when you saw it, when it came out, uh, obviously it is a bust. It's a bust because it didn't make the, it didn't make the money that it needed to. Um, the, the, the kid you're talking about, his name's Emil Hirsch. That's who you're talking about. Okay. Um, okay. I guess. Yeah. But go back and watch it again. It's actually a lot mm-hmm. more exciting than um, – and also you have to watch it as if you're watching the TV show. Me, I loved Speed Racer when I was a kid. So when I – like the difference between watching it on the movie screen and watching it on TV, um, very, very different. Very, I, I felt like it was a little bit more involved watching it at home when I was trying to watch it uh, on the big screen. I just there was just too much going on, too much colors, too much Christina Ricci. She's I, I like her, but she's a terrible actress. So go oh, back God, and watch it. Too her, much yeah. colors, too many colors. Too, it sounds like you're watching it on mushrooms. Too I many went, colors. I bet if I was coming out of you know what, were I you with Josh was, Gordon? I'm sorry. <laughs> were you with Josh Gordon when you were watching this? I don't think Josh Gordon would do that with me. Yeah, well, that's probably. I think this is like uh, this is like me trying to explain why I like the Postman, which I'm not going to try to do. I just like. Yeah, it. no, I mean, so like, I, I, I think you got caught up in trying to defend yourself. This is Pavona. Very well. I want to say I'll do it. I'm not going to, but I want to say that I will. <laughs> and like, I won't okay. even say that. Here's what I'll do. I'll give it 10 minutes, but I do want to submit to the list here the actual worst movie of all time. It's not a bust, but it's the worst movie of all time. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. The Scout. The Scout. It's, I'm bringing it back. The oh, Scout is F the worst you. movie of all time. It's the worst movie Constantine. Constantine's the worst movie. Nope. It's not. I, I did, actually, there was a movie with, oh, man. Selma Hayek was in it. Uh, Blake Lively was in it. What was that horrible movie? <laughs> it was amazing. They, it was great. They were no. Well, they weren't making out. So it was. Um, God, it was about their like. She had two boyfriends, and they were selling weed to this cartel. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, like, I know exactly so what you're talking about. I know exactly. It's with. Uh, the and if guy I'm going to watch anything with Emile Hirsch, it's going to be The Girl Next Door. Come it's on. with Negan. It's with Negan. What about Alpha Dog? Negan's in it. No, yeah, Negan's I love that movie. Yeah, Alpha yeah. Dog's a pretty good movie. Girl Next okay. Door. He's in Girl Next Door with Timothy Oliphant and uh, what's her name? Alicia Cuthbert. A really hot one. That's mm. it. Thank mm. you. Okay. Uh, let's mm-hmm. get to actual questions here. Nice. These, these are great takes. I love these takes. Everybody has got great bus takes on movies. Uh, but let's move to some of your questions here. These look like these are fantasy football related, not necessarily bust related, but they're good ones. Brandon asked us, this is such a great question. We've had a request for this. Let's see if we can burn through these three questions before the break gets, but we got one more segment. It says, what's the strategy you like to go in with auction drafts? We have not done enough coverage in this league on auction drafts, but we both love them. The only thing we don't like is how long it is. It's like, I mean, if, if you have a draft... Yeah, if you have a draft that you could watch Battlefield Earth in and the draft is still going on, there's a problem, and that's what auctions are. So I'll let you start, Bogdan. What is like, what's your strategy going into auction drafts? I feel like it's close to the same. Well, 
for this season, I want to buy two big running backs. That's what I want to spend my money on because there's a lot of wide receivers and a lot of them will go for cheap. You buy your your two big running backs early, you know you're set there, and you can get some cheap wide receivers. You know, maybe spend on one. I'm not spending anything on quarterbacks or tight ends because you can always get them cheap this year. So two big running backs, maybe uh, spend a little bit on one wide receiver, or if a, you know a big tight end is going for cheap, maybe one of those guys, but probably not Gronk or Reed. Um, but I, I, w- I would spend some big money on two backs and then go from there. I'll tell you, the, the I tell this every year with auction leagues. Pick the player that is the most important to you and put them out immediately. Because like, I know it's a strategy to bid players that you don't want, but man, if you got the first couple uh, nominations, that first nomination is usually like the cheapest damn player. You always go back and look at like the first or second nomination, and you're like, well, why did Le'Veon Bell go for $46 and David Johnson went for, the, for $60? That doesn't make sense. So I agree. Running backs is where I'm going. Maybe spend some money on guys like Decker and Macklin, and I'm spending my money there. Bid out players that you don't want, but in the beginning, I would be comfortable you know, putting out a little bit, uh, bit of little the players that I want right at the top here. Uh, we only got two minutes here. Bogman, uh, Alex Mosier, I think, asked this. CJ Anderson remains an enigma to me. What is his outlook with Booker's injury and Charles... Uh, Jamal Charles news. What do you think? Are you in on CJ Anderson? I am in on CJ Anderson. They're going to run the ball a ton because in Denver, it's all about uh, ball control and letting that defense beat, beat up on people. So uh, they're going to run the ball a lot. I think Jamal Charles is going to get, you know, five to 10 touches a game, but CJ Anderson is a nice, uh, he's a really nice RB three, but he's a good RB two too. So I like CJ. Yeah, I like him. I just, I don't love that area. That's my problem. I'm so adamant about wanting to get my running backs early. Like, I don't want to mess around too late that I don't want C.J. Anderson to be a part of my concern. In the first three picks, I would love to have two running backs and a, and a wide receiver. So when C.J. Anderson starts going, he's not a concern of mine. He is an enigma. He is a player that could lose his job. Denver has proven that time and time again, even off of reports off yeah. the first week, the number two and three running back were getting run. So is CJ Anderson the guy you want to own? If it's at a cheap cost, his ADP is not what it used to be. That's fine. But I'm not sure he's a player that I want to mess with. I don't think I want to mess with it. But uh, we got one more question. Jonesy has a question on two quarterback leagues. We'll uh, see what the results are on the polls. <laughs> this song. Give me a break. This is ridiculous. Oh. I love it. Uh, we'll finish out with the polls. We'll finish out with the movie bus. Your questions in this league. Bogman, the Welsh. We're doing big things, Bogman. We're doing big things. In this league. Fantasy exec, it's Corey Parson in the house. Riskier chance to bust Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell. I got to go Zeke just because you don't know what happens with the suspension. Le'Veon Bell is great. He dealt with his own suspension last year. He still came back, put up all B1 numbers. I'm not suggesting that he bust at all, but I do think he's a little bit riskier than Le'Veon Bell, mainly because of the suspension. Wednesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. How about for yeah, yeah. Is this a biggest bust ever? Da, 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 da. No way. You're, you're way. Oh, it's Journey. It's Journey. Did you say Foreigner was a big bust? Or no way. 
corner. No, no. Oh, I was going to ask you if the ending of Lost, <laughs> biggest yeah. bust of all time. Um, Did we find it? Is that it? I don't know. I was a huge, huge Lost guy. And yeah, um, I don't know if it was as much. Yeah, see, I, you, Chris put up here just where I was going to go. Sopranos definitely leave, left you chafed. Ooh. Like, they're like, oh, uh, and it just cut. And you're just like, oh, you know, spoiler alert, by the way. Um, <laughs> lost. It's like a phone call that dropped. No, I got the bi- no, I, I got the biggest bust Uh-oh. of all time of anything ever. And if you don't agree, don't there. at me. Nope, nope, nope. Well, yes, on that. Dexter. <laughs> the, ending, the ending to Dexter. Oh, you're right. You're right. The worst. Worst when of right, all right. time. Right when now, I'm right, right, I'm right. And that is the worst bust of all effing time. I'm telling you, it is, it is, it is the worst. Like, everybody's <laughs> agreeing with me right now. It's amazing. It's so freaking bad. It makes me sick. Uh, Jonesy asks, two quarterback league. I can keep Cam or Michael Thomas in the last round. It's a 10-team. Who do you keep? Oh. PPR. What do you think, Boggs? Okay, 10-team, I'm keeping Michael Thomas. You got to, even it though was, it's Cam Newton, you got to keep, it's two quarterback league. You still got to keep Michael well, Thomas. Well, it's two quarterbacks, and I get that, but uh, it's only 10 teams. So 20, 20 QBs are going to go, uh, go. So I, I would keep Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a top two round talent. So yeah. I, I would go there. I, I totally agree. All right. Well, yeah, you guys as listeners, you guys did, uh, see, I can't go there, Chris. I haven't seen the rest of that. Spoiler alert. You guys did a great job of uh, interacting today. Hashtag ITL Live. Love answering the questions. Chris, you got to come on here one minute. We're going to end here. We've got to rate the show. Uh, five bogs being the absolute worst. It one bog being the best. 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 Yep. Okay. So how many, and, oh, and I'm going to throw, throw a curveball here. Zero bogs is like elite because no bogman is the best situation you can have. So rate the show. <laughs> Six okay. bogs is elite. I'm going to first do this rating by the by your uh, your rating, Chris, and I'm going to say that this was definitely for the fact that you know what we had Corey and Benny on. I think they were great. Uh, I'm going to give that a zero. Okay, I love it. Zero. The absolute but on best. Scott, but the, uh, on but on Scott's uh, rating, I'm going to give it a five. Okay, yeah. So see, see my rating is still better. Zero bogs. Like we went the extra step with zero bogs to rate this out. Where five bogs I under hate your this rating, rating is system. still worse. <laughs> we got to get a different system. rating system. I feel like we accomplished this a lot today. This is the worst rating system. <laughs> it's the best. We accomplished a lot. We had great guests on. You just got... dextered this ending right here with this rating system. Is what you no, did. There's no way. We covered great <laughs> fantasy football information. We covered the bus. We covered the the bust player of all time in Trent Richardson. We, we covered the biggest bust movie of all time, Battlefield Earth. And I think the biggest bust of anything that's ever been man-made is Dexter's ending. I think we can all, like as people, as humans, whether you're Republican, Democrat, whatever you are, you can agree I that mean, Dexter's the Titanic might have been the biggest. The Titanic might have been the biggest bust of all time. Okay, uh, okay, debate here. Titanic or <laughs> Dexter's ending? Because I might still go with Dexter's <laughs> ending. <laughs> I might. Well, no one died, so <laughs> they, yeah, well. you didn't hey, need a great you point. Didn't need a you know life what? Preserver great point, Bogman. Again, that's why it's the biggest bust. <laughs> no one died. You're Spoiler totally alert right about that. Yeah, exactly. That's probably well, why the ending of Dexter's was five years old. So yeah, I think you save can. yourself. We got a great show next week. I think we're going to have both of these guys on. Uh, Harmon, Matt Harmon from NFL.com. And uh, Azer, Adam Azer, going to be joining us. 
the ITL live show. It's where it's at. Make sure you don't miss it. You can call in uh, anytime. You can hit us up on Twitter. Is it the Welsh Bogman Sports? Tell your friends. Tell everybody how you love ITL. And make sure you're tuning in or listen on demand. For Bogman, I am the Welsh. And in this league and super producer Chris Pavona, see you next week. <laughs>